Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns. Uh, I'm also the uh, the founder of the JAR Foundation, and the JAR Foundation is sponsoring uh, both this show and the JAR podcast, which is a traveling show. You just saw a little bit of information on that as I travel around the country, visiting 111 cities, talking to 444 humans about life stuff. And that show led me to to really discover the, the mental health crisis in America today. And I'm sure as we've talked to people internationally, it's everywhere in the world. Uh, it's a real crisis. Um, and we're here trying to do our own little part to kind of discover and give a platform and a voice to people in the space. And it's very interesting as I've been in here finding a lot of very unique solutions and a lot of really interesting journeys, how people uh, end up in the place and how they end up really passionate about what they're doing and how they ended up um, in, in the mental health space. And it's fascinating for me. This is a great beehive that we've put together. We've got a lot of great episodes already on file of super inspiring people. Um, Mark, our next guest, really also fits all of those things I described. Uh, we just having a giggle off, off screen. Uh, how many years ago, neither one of us imagined we would be on this kind of a show uh, as potential subject matter experts, <laughs> let alone a guest. And uh, but yet here we are, Mark. I'm you know I'm almost going to call myself a, I'm definitely a subject matter host pert. I'm a host pert. I'm a definitely an expert host at this in this space at the moment. Uh, I feel like, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time out. You're at the airport. I mean that's super convic that's super conviction. Um, thanks for being a guest and, and, and thanks for taking time. Sure. Yes. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Thanks for how having about, me. Yeah. How about, uh, I was watching your, I went to your website and I watched uh, a little bit of your, um, uh, of your interview with a TV show, I guess it would have been a couple of years back. Definitely at least, uh, a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, very interesting. And then also just hearing your story. So maybe you could share with the audience, a little bit about what were you doing before this and, and what was that epiphany moment? What was your personal experience that brought you to the space? And then we can sure. talk a little bit about what you're doing in this space. Yeah. So uh, again, my name is Mark Nolte. I'm the CEO and founder of Start Talking. And uh, we do a teletherapy, behavioral therapy. And um, so my background is uh, for over 30 years, I was at medical devices. Um, selling products using the operating room. So uh, I was in scrubs every day uh, working with surgeons and it was a great career and all that stuff. But um, back in 2010, uh, and I get this question all the time. It goes, so Mark, are you a therapist? Like, no. Well, then how'd you get involved in this business? Well, <laughs> yes. back in 2010, I was diagnosed with depression. And I tell people I was one of the lucky ones because I went and got help and now I live a much happier, yeah. productive yeah. life. But at the time... The hardest thing for me to do was go park my car in front of the psychiatrist's office, which was near where I lived and worked, and then to go in the lobby 
and go like this, hoping I didn't oh, run I anybody that I knew right? or worked with. And that was one of the hardest things for me to mm. do. And at the time, I thought there's got to be a better way to do this than to, you know, show up and have to park your car in front of the therapist's office. And so at the time, there was Skype. And I thought, well, maybe you could do it through Skype. But the technology wasn't really that great. No. no. And so um, I decided, um, you know, I became a Zoom customer in 2016. So I like to say I was Zoom before Zoom was cool. And um, I had been talking to therapists for four and a half years about doing therapy by video. Oh, and they're like, wow. Mark, it's just a fad. It'll never take off. I'm not interested. <laughs> you know, don't bother me. Well, uh, then March 2020 hit. COVID began. And my phone started ringing off the wall. And all these therapists who said uh, for four and a half years, that they weren't interested. They're like, hey, Mark, you know that teletherapy thing you've been talking to me for four and a half years? I'm ready to do it now. Can yeah. you have me set up by noon today? Yeah, but I'm like, really? For my one o'clock? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So we went from doing 27% of our video sessions by video to 97% in four months. We quadrupled in four month period. So, um, you know, as I like to say, I was at least at the right place at the right time because we had been doing it for over four and a half years. So where other people were scrambling, trying to figure out how to do teletherapy, we had already done it. You had and, been, uh, literally been doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, it's interesting now because a lot of therapists, you know, I'll talk to them, they go, uh, well, what do you, what do you think this, you know, teletherapy? Go, well, you know, I really didn't care for it first, but then I was forced to use it. And now actually I kind of like it and uh, prefer it over doing a therapy session. And I, I had two therapists that were in the San Francisco area, right down in the financial district. They were paying $5,000 a month for office rental. And back then when COVID started, the state of California said, you will not report to your office for a year and a half. We know that. So they ended up canceling their long-term office lease and are now doing totally teletherapy. And, um, you know, that's $5,000 in their pocket, where before they had to make $5,000 before they even made a profit in their practice. Oh, plus a receptionist. Yeah, and a receptionist. And then the other interesting thing is if I got, <clears throat> I have two therapists that are, that live full-time in their RV. And um, they are licensed in New York and Florida, and they drive up the East Coast, up and down, just doing teletherapy sessions from their RV. And I asked them, I said, well, what's the Wi-Fi reception like? They go, oh, these um, RV parks have great Wi-Fi. So I just do all my therapy sessions right from the from my RV or whatever type thing. So it's opened up a lot of things. And, and the other thing that I didn't even mention is that uh, if you're in a small town or rural area, and let's just say Colorado, and you're lucky enough to have a therapist in that office, the last thing you want to go do is Joe go park his pickup truck in front of that therapist's office on Main Street. And no. everyone goes, hey, Joe, we saw your pickup truck in front of, you know, Dr. Smith's office. Are you, are you going crazy or whatever? Yeah, you all right? What, yeah, well, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, exactly. So Joe's not going to do that, but Joe no. will get on a smartphone in his pickup truck and have a therapy session, and no one knows um, that he's yeah. having a therapy session. So it takes the stigma out of getting therapy, and that's, you know, Sharing my story, you know, I had the same stigma. The hardest thing was actually parking my car and going to the therapist's office. So 
teletherapy takes that uh, stigma away. And the other thing too is people are more comfortable being in their own home um, doing teletherapy than in going to some stranger's office and sharing their most inner thoughts, you know, personal thoughts about that. Hmm. And we, we did a pilot study on teletherapy versus in-office therapy. And we found out there's a 30% less cancellation rate or no-show rate with teletherapy. And it's very simple. They don't have to no longer drive to downtown Denver or take a bus and pay for parking yeah, and hire a babysitter Yeah, if they've got kids. They can just do it from their smartphone yeah. or laptop from home and put the kids down for a nap. And it, it makes it wow. a lot easier and more convenient. 30, and, be, and the therapists like it. 30% less cancellation rate, no-show wow. rate with online therapy. I mean, that's significant. Yes. Yes. I mean, if you're making, if you're making $210,000 a year as a therapist, holy cow, that's real money. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, they like it because they're, they, you know, have less of a cancellation rate and no show rate. And not to even mention, they don't have to have a long-term office lease anymore. They're paying for so that's money in their pocket as well. And now it's been proven with uh, white papers that teletherapy is just as effective as, as in-person therapy. So that kind of I mean, took the, uh, yeah. the question mark out of it as well. I, I would imagine just, I mean, I've never been to a therapy session in, in, in physical, um, but I, you know, from what you see in the movies, you sit on a couch or a chair, you don't really, you're not, there's not a lot of body language. I think a lot of the things that you think you'd, you'd miss, you don't lose with a video call. You know, yeah. Think, and there's not so, that Some of the therapists will say that, um, you know, like right now, where you're looking at me, that I might be uh, tapping my foot or, or moving my hand or something like yes. that. And they don't pick up that signal. But, you know, is that, you know, percentage wise, you know, how much does that happen or do you miss versus having to do an in-person therapy just to mm -hmm. pick that up? Right. It's, it's not that big a deal. And, and from, you know, yeah. and I'll be honest with you, not every uh, patient is a candidate for teletherapy. If they have severe mental health issues where they're bipolar and schizophrenic, they probably need to be seen in person. But you take 80% of the population who either has mild to moderate depression or anxiety, they're a perfect candidate for teletherapy. Yeah, agree. Totally. I totally understand that. There's definitely, it's not for, it's obviously not going to solve, uh, not going to be a fit for everybody. Right. I, I, the reality though, on the, on the flip side of that, you know, if I, the numbers I've looked at, I've done some, some light scratching and, and although I'm not super confident of it, um, because it's data, but the number of therapists per, you know, per hundred thousand of what the, the number that we're supposed to have, you know, number of therapists per hundred thousand people, the number that we have is so far below the number that we think we need. Right. Um, you know, I think it's something like less than we have less than half. You know, I can confidently say we have less than half the therapists we should have. Uh, right. And, and that's that's <clears throat> nationally. So, you know, San Francisco, New York, Chicago, they're probably at 80 percent or maybe even some zip codes, 110 percent. Right. But you get Missouri. I've been Missouri's 50 percent lucky. Yeah, I, as I mentioned earlier, I, I used to live in Kansas City. And if you go out to western Kansas, there won't be one therapist for an entire six counties out there. Yeah. So, so you know, what work? is a patient going to do out there in the six <laughs> counties that have no therapist? 
well, tel teletherapy, and they can have access to a great therapist that lives in Kansas City and not have to drive five or six hours to see that therapist. It's not, it's even, even if we did a national program tomorrow where we, we fast tracked a million people, it's not sustainable. So it, the solution of more therapists is not the answer. It's not, even that is not sustainable. We need, we need this other solutions like what you're doing. Oh, well, we, we hope that, you know, the genie's out of the bottle now, um, we, we may go back to a hybrid system where there might be some therapies, you know, some in an office and some by video. Um, and we are seeing a little bit more demand for, um, you know, in-office therapy. But, but really what happens um, uh, is the patient will come in for the first time and um, see the, the therapist in the office and they go, okay, yeah, I've kind of vetted you or I like you. Okay, let's do the rest of the sessions by teletherapy, you know. So they might do the first one by in person, but the rest of them they want to do. And, and I had to talk to these therapists before they were convinced. I said, listen, I, I said, I'm a baby boomer. And usually if they're a baby boomer, I said, it's not going to be our generation that adopts this. But the millennials and the uh, Gen uh, X and all that stuff and Z or whatever, um, they're the ones that are going to adopt this. And if you, if you don't do this by video, they're going to find another therapist who will. And Absolutely. so uh, you may see your, your practice starting to deteriorate or not to get them as referrals because you don't offer teletherapy. Your clients will become narrower and narrower and narrower. Yeah. You'll, and you'll be, you'll see older and older and older patients less and less and less. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're not going to grow your business, and no. and why would you not want to? I for me, I don't, couldn't imagine as a therapist what a great way to do your job. Um, yeah, because if they're at home and they have a cancellation, you know they can do something at home or you know take care of the kids. Or if they're in office, they're pretty much stuck there, and um, yeah, you know they can't do anything but wait for the next patient or whatever type thing. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, how long, so, so you started in 2000 and uh, actually you get the business together. I, I started it in, um, Kansas city about 2013. And, okay, um, so by the time you got it started, it was 2013. Yeah. And I okay. got some traction there in Kansas city. And, um, back in April of 2017, I decided to move to, uh, Denver, Colorado. Um, so you, you've heard the expression, move west, young man, move west. Yes. I told myself at age 60, move west, old man, move west. Yeah, move so, west, you old. <laughs> yeah. So uh, because I found the um, startup community more uh, cutting edge here and more progressive, and we just got a lot more traction. And I started here with eight therapists locally here in Colorado uh, back in uh, October of, of uh, 2017. And then we've grown now in the last six years, we've got over 230 therapists in 33 different states. Jeez. So, um, yeah, and we'll be eventually in all 50 states. What's the biggest challenge? Um, you know, the, the biggest challenge is 
um, therapists are great at what they're trained to be, and that's to be therapists. Mm. But because they're not trained to be very good business people, uh, they're not the greatest business people. And because of that, they're even the worst marketers of their practice. <laughs> so convincing them that they need our services um. and, you know, need to pay for it. They're like, well, no, I don't have to do that type thing. And, um, you know, then they realize they do because it takes a therapist two to five years to build a full practice. Well, their idea of market themselves is to put their business card up on a bulletin board at the local church, you know, to get therapy oh, sessions and I'm marketing. Yeah. And I'm, you know, it just doesn't hack it. And so, uh, and they also have a phobia, if you will, of coming across what they call salesy. You know, they, <laughs> they have their own phobias. Yeah. Yeah. That they're, you know, that they come across too much as a right. salesperson. And really, you know, you just need to tell them about the benefits of surge of a, I'm sorry, of a therapy and you don't have to come across salesy, but they're really, uh, have a really concern about having that. So they, that's where we come in. We, we, uh, have their profile and picture listed on the website, do all the marketing stuff. And, and frankly, they prefer it that way because they don't have to bother with that part of the business. And even, even if they were good at it, they don't have the time to, to market their practice. And that's where start talking comes in. We can have their whole profile on the website. And then we also on the website have a booking widget where you can actually click on there to go straight to the therapist calendar and you can book an appointment right with a the therapist right there without having to play phone tag going back and forth, trying to figure out a time to meet. And then you meet by zoom. So it's yeah, um, this, these, these I'm in calendry calend calendry or calendry calendry, or I don't even know how to use the Say the name of the app, uh, the yeah. scheduling app. And, th and those things are magic. I, I mean, you used to ding dong, ding dong with people trying to find a time to meet with somebody. And now if somebody sends you a calendar or you send yours and you know, you look it up and boom, two minutes later, you got it. You're done. Yeah. So and I, I include, uh, Oof, yeah, cool. I've got the, the um, same service through HubSpot, my calendar on there. And so on the email so that they can schedule a time with me versus playing phone tag or email tag, trying to schedule a time, you know, can you meet Thursday at four o'clock? No, but I could do Friday, you know, that stuff going back and forth. Right. What do you, what do you see? What happens next? I mean, if this is, are we, are we at this re revolution? Are we at this kind of new innovative space for a while? Is there anything after this? What do you, what, oh, yeah, do, you, I, what do you see developing now? Well, um, I think AI is going to play a big part in it. And let me kind of explain why. So right now, Stanford's already done this. Um, so if you're, if you're a person that has PTSD, they can tell by your, uh, they've done 10,000 videos where they can tell um, by your, if, if you're told a joke and you smile less than the average person, mm -hmm. that is a sign through your mm -hmm. facial expressions that you have PTSD. And they've been able wow. to diagnose that. Wow. So, yeah. So I think they'll use um, video and facial expressions to recognize you huh. know, whether people have, uh, or they're doing it now with PTSD. And the other thing is we're going to use AI to um, probably di <clears throat> diagnose people before it's over with, because, you know, there's, there's tag 
uh, tag words like, you know, depression, having trouble sleeping, um, don't feel like doing those kind of things to the point that the AI may be able to do a better job of diagnosing you with depression or anxiety because of machine learning. And, you know, now a therapist may have to meet with you for two or three times before they actually find out you may right. have depression. To make, or you may to have make anxiety. a diagnosis, right. Yeah. If you can do a 20 minute video and ask some questions and through AI, you can be diagnosed as having, you know, an 80% chance of having depression or a 90% of having anxiety. That is huge for the therapist because now they can start right from the get go and say, okay, I, I see that you have an 80% chance of depression. So let's, let's explore that or talk about that. Or you may miss something as a therapist and say, well, this person has depression when they also have anxiety, but you didn't pick that up. But AI would do that. Yeah, it's hard. <clears throat> it's hard to fathom all the places AI's. Uh, maybe it's probably better to say it's kind of hard to imagine what AI won't touch. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, this this part, the idea that AI could diagnose you. I mean, imagine if I don't know how many. Do you know how many licensed therapists are in America? Any idea what the number is? I think there's like a, a something around a half a million. Last time I looked. Okay. Yeah. So. You know, you got a, a half a million individuals using a half a million completely distinct final, like because it's ultimately applied by the individual. So five hundred unique, five hundred thousand unique ways to right. to define depression. <laughs> and now you can have an AI, right? And and maybe it's four versions of different competing products. But imagine that it's going to mean something like def. Depression will mean it's these seven things and answered in this way. And wow, that's that's yeah. pretty good. That's like a proper blood test. Yeah, and it could be that if nothing else, it verifies what they thought all along. In other words, yes, you thought this patient was uh, depression. And per the AI, we think this person has an 80% chance of being depressed. So yeah. it'll just help verify. <clears throat> and again, if they missed anything, it'll help do that. And eventually with machine learning, it may pick up things about, for instance, depression that you would not even think about as a therapist. That's some obscure thing that it's going to learn that's going to mm. be helpful, helpful in diagnosing the patient. Well, I mean, to get crazy talk, I mean, it's, uh, since we're on start talking um, and we got .io, which is definitely a, a blockchain slash web three kind of a, a geeky address. Um, yeah. I mean, why not have Alexa be integrated with everything, uh, the future Alexa, your assistant, your AI, you know, because we'll all have AI assistants running around in some way, shape or form right around the room. we got vacuum cleaners and, you know, that's the beginning of having something in your, a moving one. And then we've got static. I mean, why not have wake up and get those 10 questions in the morning or, you know, Alexa yeah. will be able to, I think at some point say, are you feeling a little different today? I've noticed that you're didn't exercise. You didn't get your coffee, right. blah, blah, blah. How are you okay today? Well, the other thing you could do is like, so let's use the example that, you know, you did the first AI thing test where it says 80% yeah. depression. Mm -hmm. As you go on with your therapy sessions and the AI asks you those 10 questions or whatever type thing, you know, it can figure out that, oh, now you're only 50% depression or you're, you're only 30% depression. Yes. So in other words, it's showing improvement. It's got a quantitative 
scientific uh, numbers to go with it versus just kind of being uh, subjective interpretation. Yeah. I, I mean, kind of interesting. That's scalable. Yeah. That is scalable. Um, but, you know, having 2 million therapists, probably a lot harder. Yeah. And, and, and harder. And therapists to... are, are, you know, this is not a, uh, a dig at them, but they're, they're reluctant to, to adopt uh, new technology because they were trained in a certain way in school. And, uh, yeah, you know, but... they're not, they're not really innovators per se. And it was interesting but... because before COVID, they were predicting that teletherapy would not surpass in-office visits till 2024. <laughs> and, you know, that's fortunately. Pretty good. That's pretty good, though. That's impressive. I would have thought 2034. Yeah. Well, the, the interesting thing is, uh, you know, if, if I hadn't, if that hadn't happened, I might have gone bankrupt. Because you would have gone bankrupt, yeah. Yeah. Because people go, Mark, how's your new startup going? I go, well, the good news is I'm early in the market. The bad news is I may go bankrupt before it all before the market gets yeah gets here. yeah so you know i i hate to say this but covid was good for a business and it accelerated the teletherapy uh, adoption by four years earlier than what they're predicting back 10 years ago i don't think you'd end up with this i honestly i think 2024 would have been hard i i don't yeah. know how i don't you know and it might have been passed it by a bit but it's gone way past that right and it's never going back <clears throat> can't put the genie no, back the genie the, the genie's out of the bottle it's and um there's to be people that are committed to it now and to me therapists have caught canceled their long-term office lease and working from home yeah uh, I've, and i've interviewed several therapists here who have said oh i had an office full-blown office we've all we've closed the office yep i put addition on my house it's where i have the the main business for in the office and we do paperwork here, but all therapists are at home. No one goes to the office. Yep. There's no office. Um, every, they totally, so these are, but these are younger therapists. Yes. They're 30, they're 30 ish. And Uh the whole business has gone online. Yeah. They just, and they embraced it immediately. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how AI does play a role. And I think, I think definitely we're on the cusp of that. Uh, to see how quickly that stuff will happen. I mean, there's a lot of money in it and there's a lot of resources looking at solving the crisis. So those are two things that, that do lead to innovation and, and fast change. Problem to solve, right. money, and smart people. And pa- yep. there's a lot of passion in the, in the, in, in the space. Um, a lot of people personally affected like yourself who, are, who take it you know, personally and they've got a passion to fix it. Yep. What a journey you've been on. Very interesting. Well, thank you. It's 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 been a lot of fun and sometimes scary and sometimes very exciting, but it was it was fun to be a part of the whole process and uh not to pet myself on the back, but I take great pride in the fact that I was early to the market and yeah. saw the um the I, innovation should, coming. You should be it's interesting you did it from a consumer you were solving a consumer problem. Right. You were solving you were solving a consumer problem, and there um, were a lot smarter people than me that were in the business saying, I, "Oh, this will never work." So I'm thinking, "Well, why am I the outsider? You know, the the I, the uh, device medical sales guy thinking <laughs> that this is the way it's going to be?" So, yeah, but, at some point, you must have been laying there going, "Am I the idiot?" 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what you like, think because there's a lot of smart people with a lot right, more initials right. behind their name. Yes, exactly. Saying, this is not going to work or there's issues with it. <laughs> And they've been doing this a lot longer than I have. So what makes me think that I know, you know right. what's going to happen? I'll move to Colorado. That'll fix it. Yeah, there you go. You must. There must have been some shit panic nights writing salary checks and writing checks yeah. for the for the for the algorithms and and all the people and seeing the money's like not happening and. Yeah. Oof. Well, and just the frustration of trying to convince therapists to do this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it was, you know, like I said, it took four and a half years and, uh, fortunately or unfortunately COVID hit and it made the adoption much quicker, but, uh, I'm not sure I could have gone another four years past that uh, no, before it got adopted. Have, yeah, yeah. No, you wouldn't. Have, I mean, I mean, there's not many unless, well, unless you just got a couple of good therapists, you just need, you know, and you need one, you know, you need one big clinic is what you need. And, you know, a couple yeah. of clinics to fall into the lap and, start offering it yeah how about some closing thoughts um it's been kind of a fascinating conversation i like how fact we're totally aligned on um everything mark we're, we're kind of in the same space um how about some what do you think about some closing thoughts for the audience um uh, well i or a message you know, you'd want to leave you know one of the things um i'm, I'm a member of the the stability network and um you can look it up it's just the stability network dot uh, org i think um but anyway we're all professionals who have or have lived with a mental health issue and my um uh when i make speeches or whatever uh, my big thing is to get men to get therapy so in other words mm. if you look at the highest suicide rate right now it's late teenagers early 20s the second highest suicide rate in the country are men over 50. Yep. And the reason is a lot of these men were ex-military veterans, uh, first responders, firefighters, policemen who have put all this um, trauma, as I say, in the closet and shut the door on it. Yes. And about absolutely. age 50, they open that door and all that mental um, trauma or PTSD comes out just and, you know, so my uh, mm. sermon to everybody is that, you know, I understand you were, you know, a battle-hardened veteran, but this is a different thing. Uh, I don't care how tough you are. If you got your shoulder injured, you wouldn't think twice about you know, getting physical therapy for your shoulder. So why not get therapy for your brain to help that as well? I agree. And it doesn't mean you're less of a man or less macho or, or less tough. Because you look at these some of these NFL linemen who uh, took their life by suicide, and those guys are tougher than nails. You're not going to get any meaner or tougher, and yet they couldn't uh, deal with it. And I know with my own experience with depression, I never got the point of thinking about taking my own life. But I could see that if I didn't do something, it was going to be a spiral plane going down. And that's what some of these people get into, and especially men in their 50s. They get in that spiral, and you can't take yourself out of that spiral and that's when they ended up taking their life by suicide. So I guess to, to end everything, just say, you know, go out there. Don't be shy or think you're less of a man yes. uh, by getting therapy. Uh, you need to go out there and get it and, and, you know, take care of yourself and prove yourself so that your hmm. your family and loved ones can enjoy you for a long time. Yeah. And I think um, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and I think um, 
playing um, playing that role of just showing people, right? I was brave in battle. I was a first responder at, at home. Yep. Um, and now I'm going to fix myself. I'm going to go take care of myself, you know, yep. get some, you know, clean out some of that junk out of that. I need help. We all need help cleaning out our closet sometimes, yeah. right? I mean, it's not a job you want to do by yourself. Yeah. And uh, so why not, why not invite a friend into your home and, and have a chat with somebody and, exactly. and get the job done? Exactly. Mark, hang around. I'm going to throw a commercial up and then I'll see you on the other side real, real brief. All right. Sounds good. Thank you everybody for listening and supporting the, the mental health pot, uh, mental health today podcast. Um, you can find us on all the normal channels as well as this show will be on uh, posted up somewhere on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. See you tomorrow. Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from Ooh. the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change.